This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, which is 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, our first guest is one of 26 semifinalists for the Hall of Fame's Class of 2017. No surprise there. Guard Alan Fanica, whom we pushed on this show and our website, Talk of Fame Network, last week, not only made the list a year ago in his first year of eligibility, but he was a finalist, too, and here's why. He was a nine-time Pro Bowl choice, an eight-time All-Pro, a Super Bowl champion, an all-decade selection, and a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team. Hey, Alan, thanks for joining us. We missing anything there? <laughs> uh, that sounds pretty good to me if you did miss something. It's a good lead-in. <laughs> it sounds pretty good to us, too. Listen, I mentioned that you're up for the Hall again, and I don't think I'm exactly going out on a limb by saying we expect you to be among the finalists for 2017 and an eventual Hall of Fame choice. How significant is that to you, and, and do you spend much time thinking about the Hall and when or where you might get in? You know, I, I, I don't I don't think about it much. Um, but you know, uh, you know, people always like to bring it up, and it, it's hard not to think about it because it, it's such a, uh, an amazing uh, feat and accomplishment. You know, anytime you just uh, are in the conversation, it you know, it, it, it's makes me awestruck. It's it's hard to think that uh, you're even considered in that class of of guys. You know, your your heroes, the, the guys that you grew up watching play and. Uh, uh, and idolized, and, and here you are, you're being mentioned with those guys. Alan, it took Randall McDaniel three years to get enshrined in Canton, Will Shields four years, Russ Grimm 14, and Jerry Kramer, who was picked as the greatest guard the game's first 50 years, it is, it is in his 43rd year of eligibility, and he's still waiting. And those four guards were all decade selections. So what are the voters missing that makes this reluctant to enshrine them? You know, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I think uh, through the years there's there's just uh, uh, bias towards certain positions, and, and guard happens to be one of them. Um, you know, I've always uh, given all my buddies that played tackle a hard time. I played uh, I played left tackle for pretty much most of one of my years there, and uh, I uh, man, it was the, the the freshest I felt, the easiest I felt. I thought I was cheating. Uh, getting paid to, to play there because it was so easy and uh, so much uh, uh, less contact and uh, uh, just a, a lot easier of a game I felt compared to playing in on the inside. Um, so I, I always give my tackle buddies uh, a little ribbon on that one. But uh, you know, it's just one of those things, and uh, it's it's all about perception. We always like a little inside uh, information on anybody that we we talk to here as our guest, Alan. And uh, I know that you were called uh, the beast in college, LSU. I'm uh, wondering exactly how that sort of came about. Were you uh, uh, bigger than everybody else or just carrying loads for everybody else? <laughs> um, I'm not sure how it exactly came about. You know, I think uh, uh, I played with a little bit of an attitude, a little bit of nastiness. And it's funny to, to, to hear coaches that I never had a, a, a player-coach relationship with, but I, I've heard that mentioned back to me several times. I remember when you came out, you know, you were, uh, you know, this nasty mean streak, uh, you know, just on and on, just all basically saying the same thing. And, it, and it's funny, you know, because you don't really know about it 
uh, until it's you know 15 years removed, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, well, that was everybody's perception uh, of you. We're speaking with Hall of Fame semifinalist and the beast, Alan Fanica, on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at Talk of Fame Net. And Alan, I want to go back to what you said earlier about tackle versus guard. Um, what is it about a guard that, that you appreciate? I mean, what's the measure of a good guard? What qualities are you looking for? And then secondly, whom would you choose as an example of how that position should be played? Well, you know, I think uh, a, a common uh, misconception is is that the center makes all the calls, and, and generally uh, on most teams, it, it's probably a little mixture of the center and the guard. So you got to got to got to have a guy in there that's uh, quick on his feet, thinking wise, and is able to uh, uh, help out in making those calls. Um, second, you got to have a guy that, that's physical and uh, at the point of attack. Uh, there's 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 no uh, passive aggression on the inside in there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think third thing is, uh, you know, to, to, to add things to an offense, you, you need to be mobile. You need to be able to, to move, uh, move your weight around and uh, be able to, to be the pulling guard or to uh, be able to get out and uh, move freely in space on screens or, or reverses. Uh, there's a big advantage to that if you can do that. And, you know, tackles – Tackles generally aren't always in a position to do that, but when you're in the inside three there, uh, you're in a position to be able to uh, to do something extra and, uh, you know, not just block your guy, but uh, get somebody else as well. Who would you choose you know, as, wanna... as, as an example of how the guard should be played? Uh, in today's game? Or at any any time. I mean, if you want to give at us one time. guy and say, study him. Yeah. Study him, man. You know, there's so many guys that did so many great things. You mentioned Will Shields. Uh, you know, I always... Uh, watched him and looked at looked at his game and uh would always uh bounce ideas and things off of him out at the pro bowl uh a guy like randall mcdaniel that that played the game uh fierce um uh you know the, the russ grims of the world um there, there's so many guys man it's just everybody's uh passionate i, I love watching the inside game and, and to see those guys that are like that play uh play the 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 football chess game as i call it uh uh, both uh, physically and mentally is uh, just fun to watch. Alan, I want to take you back to your Super Bowl championship season. Do you remember Ben Roethlisberger for any of the passes he threw during that 2005 season or the tackle he made on Nick Harper after the Jerome Bettis fumble at the Indianapolis goal line in the final minute of the AFC playoff game? <laughs> man, he saved the day, didn't he, man? That's the one thing. Uh, <laughs> that was that unbelievable. The, that's, uh, you know, the... The one that saved us there, man. That's uh, that. That was just an amazing play by him. Uh, a lot of luck. I mean, there, there's there's definitely a ton of luck in uh, just getting that one hand tackle there uh, to save the day. Um, but I mean, that that is the one thing that that sticks out the most from Ben that year uh, uh, is that that amazing play that saved everything. Did your heart sink when you saw Harper pick up that ball? It, it did. It did. Uh, we got a little penetration on the play. I wasn't able to to get around and pick up my my linebacker because of the penetration, and it was my linebacker that was able to uh, get his hand on the ball and uh, get it out of Jerome's hands. And I just, it, you know, there's a bunch of it, instantly. I mean, we're on goal line, man. It's instantly a bunch of fat slow guys are on the field. You know, uh, <laughs> ben, ben and Jerome are the two fastest guys on the field, probably. And you know, and Jerome's all tied up in the pad, uh, the the pile, and uh, you know, Ben's back there backpedaling. So uh, 
you know, you just run, right? You don't, you, you don't know what's going to happen until the whistle's blown. And you just start running, and hopefully something happens and you get a chance to, uh, to do something. But uh, it's definitely you're just running and just thinking, holy, you know, what, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> uh, well, now, our understanding, Alan, is that you're no longer uh, one of the big fat guys who can't run. Uh, that uh, Since you retired, you lost over 100 pounds and you ran a marathon. I once thought about that, and a friend of mine said, why do you want to do that? And I said, I want to be able to say I ran a marathon. He said, go ahead. Just say you ran a marathon. Who's going to check? <laughs> so how did you go about losing that weight, and what was that all about? Uh, you know, for some reason, I always said when I'm done playing, I said I'm going to lose some weight. And uh, I didn't say I was going to lose 100 pounds. That's just uh, kind of where it went. Uh, but I always said, you know, I, I probably don't need to be 320-plus pounds the rest of my life. Uh, I don't need to be in football shape when I'm uh, later in uh, my years. So I, uh, I always said that when I was done, I was going to lose it. And I uh, uh, was pretty close to saying I was uh, going to hang up the cleats and retire. So I started to trim a few weight pounds off. And uh, when I said I was retired, I just went, I went full bore into it and uh uh, I was uh, I lost 70 pounds in the first three months, and then I lost the 30 in the next uh, three or four months after that. Um, I I was still in football mode. That's why I tell everybody wants to know how I did it, and I was like, I was cheating, man. You know, it was just another football season for me. I was I just put my head down, and I just it was just another off season of training and uh, just knocking it out as fast as possible. I wanted to be I wanted it to be over. <laughs> Alan, this one is going to be over. So thanks for the time, and best of luck with your Hall of Fame game. Candidacy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, guys. It's my pleasure. That was former guard Alan Fanica. Up next, why Goose thinks another offensive lineman belongs in the Hall of Fame. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. 